People who know, know. Wait, Croatia. Man, you said people that know, know. I don't know. I know. <laughs> God, this is going to be a long... I got a feeling this is going to be the longest two hours in Carolina radio. Time to play the game! And you know the game, you've been played by the game, you've played the game, you've been in the suite. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. You've been out of the suite, you've been under the suite, on top of the suite. Four years as NC Governor. And they converge on him at the goal line. Be a man! You're not a man! Shame on you! Boy Scouts in the audience, and they may be getting scared because That's of everything. WBT presents. Okay, just please for a minute. I haven't felt this bad. Since the late 70s. The Pat McCrory Show. It's the only time I felt worse. With Bo Thompson. It's when I had to carry you on my back every day. <laughs> I gotta go. I really, I really, I have a time breathing. I, That's the part he, he brought it home. <laughs> hey, 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 what's happening? Brother, what's up? Uh, this is hey, a big party, man. Yeah, brother, like, like, stop. Right on. <laughs> hey, man, what's up? So, uh,. Commissioner Velma Leek, former school board member, now Commissioner, liberal Velma Leek, nice lady, used to refer to herself as doctor, found out it was an honorary degree like I have. You don't really go around and call yourself doctor if you have an honorary degree, unless you're Jill Biden. So uh, Velma Leek was at a Walmart supermarket doing some shopping, and all of a sudden shots broke out. She's never felt so scared in her life and it brought her attuned to some of the crime activity that's occurring here in Charlotte. So what does the state of North Carolina do to respond to the crime, the highest murder rate in Charlotte right now? Shootings on Beatty's Ford Road that have yet to be solved. A mass killing on Beatty's Ford Road and we still don't know who did it. So what is Josh Stein, our attorney general, in North Carolina doing about it, along with Roy Cooper, our governor, with approval from the Charlotte Observer editorial staff. They're releasing 3,500 prisoners early from our state prison system. Yep, that's how we're going to solve crime in Charlotte. Release 3,500 prisoners early. Oh, they call them nonviolent prisoners, most of them. Who have drug issues or mental health issues, which is true with most prisoners. But nonviolent, no. When you break into someone's house, that's not nonviolent. When someone steals your car, that's not nonviolent. When someone's selling drugs in your neighborhood around your children, that's not nonviolent because it impacts your quality of life forever. If your house has ever been broken into, believe me, you feel like you've been violated. Violated is violence. So what do we do? We release 3,500 prisoners onto the streets of Charlotte. We keep our schools closed, but we open up our prisons. We keep our schools closed, and we open up our borders. We keep our schools closed... But you can go to a strip club in Charlotte with no problem. Keep our schools closed and we still make it difficult to go to a gym, have 100% capacity in a gym. 
and we're opening up our prisons. 3,500 people are being released. A settlement because of the virus. And our liberal Charlotte Observer has no problem with it. Our liberal Attorney General Josh Stein, who wants to be either a U.S. Senator or Governor next. No outrage from our Governor Roy Cooper. He's still in negotiations with Phil Berger about opening up our schools. 3,500 prisoners. I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines and putting up with this stuff. Coming back with Tom Tillis in just a few. Tell us about some of the outrage that's going on in D.C. That's right, Tom Tillis. First time since the election joins us next. And then right after that, it'll be Congressman Richard Hudson did I at say, 835. Did I say 3,500 prisoners are being released from our state prisons? This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT. 819 on WBT. This is the Pat McCrory Show. Bo Thompson alongside and Governor. It's time to welcome back a frequent guest to your show, but uh, somebody we haven't talked to in a while. Senator Tom Tillis. Welcome back to the Pat McCrory Show, friend. Good morning, Governor. So uh, you're doing well, too. I'm doing fine. Will you explain this $1.9 trillion? Because it looks like, as I review it, hardly any of it has anything to do with covid well, it's, uh, I did a floor speech last week saying that the uh, Democrats, uh, Schumer and Pelosi, need to be honest with the American people. Less, uh, 90% of it has nothing to do with COVID. And even some of it that has something to do with COVID won't be spent until 2027, 2028 around education. It is, um, I think the more that we focus on what the wasted opportunity was to really get this economy back on track, get kids back in school, get people back in jobs, keep businesses open, that the American people are going to see it. They'll probably reject it next year. They've added $1.9 trillion after we voted on a nearly trillion-dollar package just at the end of December, and the money hasn't even been spent yet, Pat. (laughs) Tell us some examples of where the money is going to. The one point well, nine trillion, some of the pork. A lot of it, even some of it that they rationalize as uh, uh, as helping out states. There's going to be a lot, billions of dollars going to New York, uh, Michigan, <laughs> California. Uh, they uh, like North Carolina posted budget surpluses. Uh, there is some money that could go down to local governments that I think is appropriate if they've taken on expenses for. COVID, but uh, Pat, they've got a program in there where they're going to forgive loans based on your ethnicity. So you could have, it's a farm loan program. Uh, You could have two farmers side by side. Uh, The farmer who happens to be uh, a minority uh, may be doing fine. They have a loan. They get that loan forgiven. The farmer next door who may be struggling who happens not to be a minority, doesn't get any treatment whatsoever. So instead of having money sent to the agriculture department to help struggling farmers, meat processing facilities, all the people we saw widely reported as being hurt by COVID, they're using this as they use this tool, this 51-vote threshold, to advance and put on steroids their liberal agenda. Identity politics in giving out money. Yeah. 
It, and look, if they're struggling, but people are sure. One thing about COVID is it's it's it's, it's it doesn't care about ethnicity. It's no. harmed everybody, and no. those are the people we should be helping. So, will the courts, if we challenge that in the courts, because as and, and as mayor of Charlotte, I challenge similar rules that were based upon purely race, which is unconstitutional. I suspect that there will be uh, some court challenges, but at the end of the day, the majority of this $1.9 trillion is going to just raise our debt. Uh, it's not money that we have. It's money that's going to be taken away. And, you know, I, even the in individual stimulus payments, you know, I had a reporter come up to me saying, you know, this is very popular. I said, wow, when has getting thousands of dollars in your mail not been popular? <laughs> The, the question is, if you're like me, you grew up at a trailer park. A lot of those people who still live in that trailer park in Antioch, Tennessee, probably had service jobs, and they were out of work. They need help. There's a neighborhood about a mile and a half down the road where right now I would bet you the average household income is somewhere around $150,000. A couple who was able to work throughout COVID, they're going to get the check, too. How and, is that and, fair? And government uh, workers who haven't lost their jobs are getting checks. Right. <laughs> oh, right. And, and additional paid leave for the White House, I think up to about six weeks. Um, none of my staff have been furloughed. None of my staff have been out of a job. We've worked virtually. None of the government workers have been out of work. And, uh, and they, they're, uh, they're getting more money uh, across the board. I mean, this, this bill did not have a single Republican vote. And it was because of all the parts of this bill that had nothing to do with COVID. Rahm Emanuel, you remember him said to say, never wasted crisis? Yeah. Well, the Democrats in Congress surely uh, answered the call. And he went to Chicago and he went to Chicago as mayor and created a crisis after that uh, quote. Right. So real quick, uh, immigration, even Nora O'Donnell and CBS News said there's a crisis on the border the other day. I, I about fell over. Well, because it is. I mean, you, you've got thousands of uh, Ill people crossing the border illegally, many of them minors, now being housed in facilities that were designed for adults. Uh, President Obama, in less than 100 days, has created an immigration crisis. He's also created a humanitarian You mean, crisis. You mean President Biden? Oh, I'm sorry, Biden. <laughs> <laughs> a but, Freudian slip. But... but but, but what a lot of people, unless you go to the border and, and you get the reports from Border Patrol of the bodies being found, of the reports that we're getting across the border, of people being raped mm. and murdered because they're not paying the, uh, the crime bosses across the border for getting across, they're actually giving people that are coming to the border uh, risk tags. And if you don't have a risk tag, then you're tagged to somebody who hasn't paid the, uh, the fee to have these gangs take you across the border and they are they are raping murdering and killing people these are people we'll never know because they didn't make it and then we find every virtually every week if not every day we find people across the border who have died in the process president trump was right on immigration 100 percent, and he was criticized for the cages what's the difference between what they're doing now and the cages, this is, we're putting cellophane on these kids who are being brought over the border with no parents. Oh, yeah. And, and think about this. We have my, my mother, 88 years old, just got her vaccine about three weeks ago. Now we're actually providing vaccines to people who are crossing the border when we have people <laughs> with chronic health conditions that are still waiting for their chance to get the vaccine. That crisis got created by Biden. 
and that crisis needs to be fixed. It's just unbelievable how radical. What's happened to the moderate Democrat? I guess there's Joe Manchin, and that's it. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I, I think that if, uh, if they really pay attention to what's happening here, maybe some will moderate. But I'll be honest with you, Pat, even Joe Manchin, except for maybe preserving the filibuster, yeah. uh, by voting for that $1.9 trillion package, didn't de- demonstrate a lot of moderation. Well, Senator did. Tillis uh, is joining us here on the Pat McCrory Show. Uh, let me ask one quick question. Tomorrow, here we are on the doorstep of the one-year anniversary of the pandemic uh, being declared, and you have uh, President Biden is going to make a primetime speech tomorrow night uh, uh, for that anniversary. And, and, of course, you're watching what we've seen happen in Texas and in, in Mississippi and now South Carolina rolling back some of these restrictions. What about face masks? What about the state of restrictions here in North Carolina? How do you see uh, how the governor's handling things right now. I really believe that uh, Governor Cooper needs to send a clear message of when we're opening, send a clear message to the school system from K through 12 up through community colleges and, and universities and say, you're going to be open full-time in the next academic year. Businesses need to have certainty to plan to open. We are seeing the trend lines go in the right direction. We're seeing vaccinations go through the roof. There is no earthly reason why the governor shouldn't be able to very quickly, as early as this week, say this is our plan for what will ultimately be a safe reopening of, of North Carolina's economy and schools. It needs to be done now. Um, a lot of governors have, have leaned into it. Um, they're tracking the data. If we have a crisis, if we have a significant reverse in trend lines, we can have that discussion. But I think we could take an optimistic view with the millions of vaccines that are being pumped. I mean, now we've got news reports. The newest crisis is two or three months from now, we may have a vaccine glut. Um, <laughs> That suggests yeah. to me that we're going to get to herd immunity. We're going to be able to safely open schools. And, and, and by the way, we already have. There are a lot of schools open. They just happen to be, many of them are not public schools in the state of North Carolina. Hey, be, so uh, they should be open, and the economy should be open. Before we leave, we've got 10 seconds. Do you want to make a smart aleck comment about how much you love Bo Thompson or anything like that, just to get to me? Go ahead. No, I think I think it's I, every time I think of you now, I think of the foo foo dolls. <laughs> the foo foo dolls. I yeah. love it. <laughs> no, he just made a new hybrid group. He did a hybrid for the goo goo dolls to the foo foo dolls. I like for the foo fighters. Generally, like you too, Pat. Generally, Jesus. Senator, Tom thank Tillis. you. Thank you, man. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Welcome back. Our North Carolina Politics Power Hour continues. Thanks to uh, Senator Tillis last segment and Governor, we go back to the WBT hotline and uh, welcome back a familiar congressman. Uh, congressman Richard Hudson, good UNCC graduate. Good friend. And uh, not only are the liberals now who have taken over Washington, D.C., gone nuts to the left wing on immigration and uh, $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, but on guns, they are going after the Second Amendment. And Richard Hudson has a response to that. Congressman, welcome. Hey, thanks, Governor. I really appreciate any opportunity to spend time with Bo Thompson. Oh, uh, you got I hate you. I hate you and Tillis, I swear. <laughs> hey, it's we got a cheer on our 49ers. They're playing San Antonio tonight. Uh, big tournament. 
Well, good. They better win. <laughs> Absolutely. I think they will. Didn't, you, I, pl- I, didn't you play starting center for them at one time? I played uh, left out. Uh, every time I try to run on the field, he'd say, get back on the bench. Uh, no, I, I actually wasn't even on the team, but uh, uh, played a really mean uh, rec league. Uh, you know, our fraternity was, was pretty pretty stout. Yeah, I think I used to referee you guys. You always thought you could jump, and you couldn't. You thought you were <laughs> leaping feet, five feet off the air, and you weren't even getting an inch off the ground. Well, we made up for it by not being able to shoot either. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's it's a scary week in in Washington, Governor. You know they've got two bills on the floor uh, to erode our gun rights, and you know last week they defunded the police. Now they're going to start taking away our our ability to defend ourselves, and it, you know it's it's, uh, it's just staggering how far to the left they've drifted. Well, tell me, tell us what they're doing. What are they recommending with guns? Well, you know it, it just. The way the liberals like to work is they they find a crisis like Senator Tillis said, and then they you know they say they're going to fix it. And just like the two trillion dollars, where only you know nine percent actually goes to COVID, you know it's just an excuse to do what they want to do anyway. And when they talk about guns, you know their their legislation does nothing to stop any school shootings or, or, or mass violence situations. In fact, if these two bills were law. It wouldn't have stopped a single mass shooting in this country that we've ever had. Uh, the first one it talks about universal background checks, which sounds like a great idea. Uh, sounds reasonable until you realize that every commercial gun sale in America already requires a background check. And what they're doing is if you want to loan a gun to your neighbor uh, for self-defense or for hunting or if you want to sell a gun to a friend, uh, you now have to go get a background check uh, somewhere at a gun store or somewhere like that. And, you know, they're, they're basically trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. Um, what it does is it, it takes away the rights of, of citizens. And then the other bill is even scarier. It says that uh, uh, instead of having a three-day waiting by now 10 days, unless the federal government decides to extend it, then they can extend it indefinitely. And so, you know, a, an abusive uh, FBI or, or, you know, future administration could basically hold up all gun sales indefinitely if this becomes law. What's the likelihood of it becoming law? In the House, it's probably pretty high. How about the Senate? Do you have any idea? Well, the Senate's, you know, when you're in the majority, as, as we were a couple of years ago, you, you hate the Senate because they hold up everything. When you're in the minority, you love the Senate for the same reason. Uh, but, you know, it's a 50-50 Senate, so we're relying on folks like Joe Manchin, uh, West Virginia, who's, uh, you know, reasonable on, on a lot of issues uh, to, to, uh, to help us hold this up. But it's going to pass out of the House most likely. Although, you know, there are five or six Democrats in the House that are pretty reasonable in Second Amendment issues, and, and we're going to give them some opportunities to, to stand with us. But, um, you know, it's, with, with Nancy Pelosi as the Speaker and, and them having the majority, it's likely going to pass the House this week, but we're sure going to put up a good fight and, and try to be a, a loud voice for common sense. Is this even going through a committee? Because so many of their bills are just bypassing any committee work at this point in time. They're just ramming these things through. Yeah, not a single one of these bills has gone through committee, um, and they've they've made up this rule that says uh, before April first they don't have to take anything through committee, and so that's why they're jamming so many of these terrible bills through as quickly as they can because they've they've just you know said you know as long as we do it before April first we're not going to put any of them through committee, uh, and you know that's that's the shame of it, Governor. You know Republicans want to deal with with this issue of gun violence. When we were in the majority, we passed meaningful legislation including uh, 21st Century Cures back in 2016, which was the largest uh, reform of mental health in our generation. Uh, we passed uh, a bill called Fix Nicks, which dealt with uh, the issue that led to the Texas church shooting. Uh, and then we passed a bill called the 
Stop School Violence Act in 2018, uh, signed by President Trump. It's the law of the land now. It put a billion dollars into hardening schools, into training guidance counselors on how to intervene with kids who are in crisis, uh, and also for training law enforcement on active shooter situations. So this is real money going to uh, that, that really can have a, a good effect on on preventing these shootings. Uh, I've actually got legislation on the house in the house now that doubles funding for that. So we we have even more resources to uh, to protect well, our what, kids. What, these, what's ironic is, about all this is we have open borders now, so the gangs can just smuggle guns through the open borders, and they I don't think they're going to do background checks at the border. Do you? They're not, and I don't know if you've been following the news, but you know, 108 illegal immigrants were released by the border patrol a couple of days ago in Texas after testing positive for COVID-19. You know, I, I wrote a letter to Governor Cooper and said, "Governor, please use every resource at your availability to stop this these buses and and put these folks in quarantine, and, and let's certainly get them the health care they obviously need." But you know, they they interviewed one of the migrants saying, "Hey, I'm, I'm on my way to North Carolina tomorrow." And has Governor Cooper responded to your letter from a U.S. congressman? Well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for the response. I'm sure he's he's working on it now. I mean, yeah. it takes takes time to get a draft through the. You should have just sent it to Ken Udy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I tell you, what's happening at the border? You know, we might as well open up Charlotte Douglas International uh, Customs and let people bring through guns through the airport. I mean, why not? If we're doing well, it at one border, why not all the borders? Guns, and, drugs, and, and bad you food. You watch the White House. You know, Jen Psaki says, we, you know, we just don't know why this is happening. Yet they interview the migrants at the border who are chanting Biden, Biden. They're wearing Joe Biden T-shirts. <laughs> They're saying that they know that he, they've got 100 days to get into the country uh, while he stopped deportations. Uh, th- there is a clear reason why this is happening. It's because of the policies of Joe Biden. Richard Hudson. We appreciate you being on the show and appreciate your service in uh, Washington, D.C., and uh, good luck to UNCC tonight. I appreciate it. And, uh, I, you know, I heard Senator Tillis talking about the, the foo-foo dolls. I remember <laughs> you played drums with the foo-foo dolls back at Festival in the Park in 1992. That was, yeah. that was a good show. Yeah, they put on a heck of a show at the Festival in the Park right there at the pond. Yeah. yeah. He just played the Festival in the Park card. <laughs> well played. Congressman, thank you. Oh. Bo Thompson, the yes, hardest sir. working guy in radio. You know, it's time. I, I, I can't hold it back any longer. I, I got to get something off my chest. Freedom, oh, freedom, freedom. oh, I love George Michael. wonder how he'd be responding to uh, Harry and Marky or... <laughs> Megan. Whatever. <laughs> Mark. I have one question to all my liberal friends who live in Chantilly and Elizabeth and Dilworth and Myers Park and Eastover and even now in Ballantyne. What in the hell happened to you guys? What in the heck happened to the moderate Democrat? Where have you gone? You used to be conservative Democrats in North Carolina. You're gone. You've let the radical left take over your party, and now they've taken over our city, our state, and our nation. 
and you don't even know it's happened to you because you want to get along. You want to get along with everyone. You want to put bumper stickers on your car, on your electric car. Save the whales. It's been a gradual process during the last 15 years. Our newspaper has gone so far to the left, I don't even recognize the Charlotte Observer anymore. They're recommending that we release 3,500 prisoners, state prisoners, at the time when our murder rate's the highest it's ever been. The Observer goes, it's the right thing to do. What happened to the Democratic Party in North Carolina? In Charlotte-Mecklenburg, we still have yet to open up all the schools. Can't go to the prom, but we can tackle each other in football games. Oh, that's the science. It's fake science. Had over 120 people killed last year. We haven't solved the murders on Beatty's Ford Road yet. A mass murder on Beatty's Ford Road and the the liberal Democrats, the Democrats never even bring it up. The killers are still loose. The mayor, the council, the county commission, they don't care. Velma Leak now cares because she was at the Walmart where there's a shooting the other night. And she goes, wow, I didn't know how bad crime was until I heard shots. Tell that to the people who heard over 150 shots on Beatty's Ford Road. Four people killed, seven others hurt. We got Tent City in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shocked and surprised when we closed down the Tent City after months that thousands of rats came out of the ground. Oh, my God, where did the rats come from? Uh, You think you're doing the homeless a favor by letting them have tents. No, you're enabling them. You're not helping them. You're enabling them like you enable a, a drug addict. By giving them more cocaine, well, here's just a little bit to hold you over. Got aggressive panhandling on the corners about every major intersection in Charlotte now. And now all the liberals are shocked that the democratically controlled city council and mayor want to get rid of single-family zoning. They want to get rid of single-family zoning. So if you live in a residential neighborhood where you have single families in each home, well, that's about to end. Your neighbor will be able to build a multifamily apartment right next to you. Because you're a racist. Did you not know that? If you live in a single family home in Eastover or Myers Park or Elizabeth or Plaza Midwood, you're a racist, according to Braxton Winston. And the mayor and council, let that be said with no pushback whatsoever. Our Chamber of Commerce is silent. And our state. Oh, our governor and our attorney general run as moderates. You know, they show their families. They show them as good people. And what are they doing? They're releasing 3,500 prisoners out on the streets this week. Early. They're spending money like drunken sailors here in the state. Our governor's not allowing new natural gas to come into the state, which is desperately needed in eastern and western North Carolina, where propane prices are going crazy at this point in time. 
They say they care for the middle class and poor, but all they're doing is screwing them right now. Have you looked at your gas prices lately when you fill up your gas tank? How do you think that's impacting the person living paycheck to paycheck? It blows their monthly budget. And at the national level, oh, Pelosi, Schumer, Biden, Harris. They're opening up the borders. They still want to keep your schools closed. While I'm on, I'm on a packed flight to D.C., no problem. Can't open the schools. Open up our borders where they're not checking the food or drugs or slaves, slave trades going on across the border from all the way from South America and Europe going right through Mexico. Young girls and boys are being raped. The cartel is, is running our border at this point in time. And Joe Biden's asleep at the wheel, pretending there's not even a crisis at our border. Where is the moderate Democrat in our city council, our county commission, our school board, our executive branch, in the Senate, in the House, and in the executive branch of the White House? What happened to the moderate? I'm calling you out. One time they said here in Charlotte, what happened to moderate Pat? Now, I didn't change. The left has gone so far. I'm a conservative and I'm proud of it. And I'm going to call out this radical left-wing extremism that's happening in our city, county, state, and nation. We're not going to sit on the sidelines. I love this city and state and nation too much. And I ask you to call it out. All right, Bo, I feel better. Put on some free food dolls. Or the Goo Goo dolls, or the Go Go dolls, or the Go Go's. <laughs> That's George George Michael. Man, he was talented. I love George Michael. I think even liberal George Michael would go, you know, this has gone too far. <laughs> I think even George would go, nah, you know, this is a little too liberal for me. And he's a good dancer. Yeah, he was good. Hour number two. <laughs> Keep the faith. Pat McCrory Show. Next. Yeah, it's, it's great that you're standing beside Michael Jordan, and that's a legendary picture, but you uh, are a spitting image of an early Tom Cruise in this picture. <laughs> Like a risky business era, Tom Cruise. Help me, Tom Cruise! Tom Cruise used a witchcraft on me to get the fire off me! Get ready for the fastest two hours on radio. I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! We plan to communicate this proactively in a culturally competent manner. Time to play the game! See, I told you this in the past, Bo Thompson. A kitchen table dialogue. 14 years as Charlotte Mayor. I've taught you everything you know, but I haven't taught you everything I know. Four years as NC Governor. It's good to be with you on the Bo Thompson Show. Oh, you take that cheap shot. Do you have a name that we can call Bill Graham before we leave? Yes, genius. (laughs) (laughs) WBT presents... Good morning, Pat. It is a beautiful day in Charlotte. The Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson. I just wanted to say how much I appreciate 
your show. I've been listening to it since it started. It's the best decision WBT ever made. You are freaking hilarious. Culturally competent information through the lens of health equity. Driven by Felix Sabatis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. Welcome to our number two of the Pat McCrory Show. He's a real nowhere man Sitting in his nowhere land Making all his nowhere plans for nobody So Bo Thompson, I understand uh, our governor Held a press conference yesterday Via Zoom Still does not allow live reporters in the uh, press conference. He allows me to get on a packed plane on American Airlines, but he can't get in a room, a big room with reporters, spread out with masks on yet after one year. But he's our governor, and he gave us an update on what yesterday? Well, uh... First of all, he said that uh, he and Republican lawmakers are working on a deal uh, to reopen North Carolina schools and said details could come as soon as today. Wow. Republicans want an in-person daily instruction option. Uh, the governor wants districts to retain local control. And, and by the way, we'll get to what CMS did last night. But uh, as it relates to the governor, uh, TJ, uh, hit that North Carolina one. North Carolina's mission remains fast and fair. When oh, it comes stop, to stop, vaccines. stop. North Carolina missions remain fast? Are you kidding me? It's about the slowest mission I've ever seen in the history of North Carolina. He ought to start listening to the new school superintendent, Catherine Truitt. That's who needs to be at the table, and she's recommending reopen the damn schools. Third graders, 75% of third graders are not reading at third grade level. Fast and fair. That's really fair to third graders right now. All right. Today I'm proud to share that our state has fully vaccinated more than 1.1 million people. With almost 8 million adults in our state, there's more work to do. But this is a huge milestone. Mm. This puts us even closer to a time when we can hug our loved ones and gather oh, without fear it. of severe illness. Stop it. You won't even let I'm people at the prom for the vaccine to providers hug across anybody. our state for working hard to get shots off shelves and into arms. Your hard work is saving lives. We also continue to emphasize fairness in our vaccine distribution. Oh, in the last four weeks, over 20% of our first doses have been administered to black North Carolinians. Oh, stop, and stop, again- stop. So fairness has to do with color of skin. Everything with the Democrats is now identity politics. Why didn't you say the poor? Why didn't you talk about the poor? Why do you have to bring up identity politics in everything? Stop it, Roy. And received national recognition for our efforts to administer vaccines equitably and report demographic data on our vaccinations. Stop it. Stop it. Equitably. Now now he's using the Biden words. Equitably. Not equally. Equitably. This weekend, North Carolina was recognized as the leader in the nation for reporting this data. We know that you have to be able to see the problem in order to fix it. 
What? Oh, stop. Stop. Push. What? What's... What's that mean? You have to see the problem to fix it. Well, you've been watching the data for a year, and over six months ago, the data said open the schools. Did you not see that data? Or did the unions forbid you from looking at it? The teachers own you. They own the Democratic Party here. They own the school board. They own the Democrats on the state legislature. They even own some... Legislators who voted to reopen the school and then 24 hours they voted not to because they were threatened by you, Governor Roy Cooper, and the unions. They were threatened with a primary. Teaching these efforts so that everyone, no matter what you look like or where you live, has a spot to get their shot. Wait a minute, stop. No matter what you look like, you just brought up what people look like. What difference does it make? This month, even more schools are returning to in-person learning. And the State Board of Education and state health officials are emphasizing how critical it is to get students into the classroom. Stop it. Stop. Stop. The private schools have been in classrooms forever. So have the Catholic schools, other religious schools, and home schools. You're not telling us the truth. I know the game. I've played the game. I've been played by the game. I see you're playing the game. You're playing the. You're playing more cards than I I have time to talk about. Open up the daggum schools, Roy Cooper. Quit trying to make a deal with Phil Berger. Listen to the only person elected about education statewide, Catherine Teruit, our superintendent of schools, says open the schools. Based upon the data and science. Well, and like I said, uh, the governor said yesterday he wants districts to retain local control. Our district here in Charlotte-Mecklenburg made a decision unanimously last night. And we'll uh, get to that coming up on the Pat McCrory. will eventually be out for summer, but last night we got some clarity on how school is going to be in Charlotte-Mecklenburg from here until summer. And uh, as expected, Governor, uh, there was a tweak, or a few tweaks actually, made to the in-person plan mm-hmm. uh, that for middle school and high school students will uh, take place this coming week, March 15th. Mm. Um, let me give you the details here real quick yeah, of what me. was decided. So uh, last night, nine to nothing, unanimously, Mm. the uh, CMS school board uh, voted that CMS will have elementary school students, K through five and K through eight, back in person learning four days a week starting March 22nd through May 11th. Wednesday would be an all remote day for all of those students. Why? Why not five days a week? And then middle school mm-hmm. and high school students mm-hmm. will be placed into two groups mm-hmm. and will have in-person learning two days a week starting this coming Monday mm-hmm. through May 11th. Wednesday would be a remote learning day for all. So you have group A will be going Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Group B goes Thursday and Friday. 
And uh, Wednesday is remote for everybody. Uh, is the virus only viable on certain days of the week? Is that is that what the science and data is showing, that if you only show up to school one day a week or four days a week or three days a week, the virus is less impactful? Or are these... uh, those who are in full remote learning, which is half of CMS, mm-hmm. uh, have to stay there. Uh, they can't cross back over into in-person unless there's speci- you know, specific who, who can't? need. Who can't? who can't? What age group? Well, it's anyone who's in all remote learning, who, who, who designated for that at the beginning of the year. Oh, so they can't change their mind? Correct. Oh. Unless there are extenuating circumstances. They're just forbid from changing their mind. Based, and now that circumstances have changed, if they want to go <clears throat> to the classes, they just can't. Correct. That's fair. <laughs> now, like I said, it was nine to nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is school board chair Elise Dashu last night. Mm. I'm supporting this motion. I think that um, when you look at the um, the virus um, numbers coming down in our community. Um, when you look at the vaccine availability, uh, this is the right time. Um, it's not too early. It's not too late. This okay. is the right time, and this is what is best for the students that we serve. This stop, is going stop, to benefit. Stop, stop, stop. Sounds like a song, a Van Halen song. It's not too early. It's not too late. It's just the right time. Doesn't sound like the lyrics of... Van Halen or something, if we put a little music to that, it's not too early, it's not too late, it's now just the right time. Just the right time. Isn't there a Van Halen song that sounds like this? That? Yep, I'm pulling it up. Hang on. What is it? What am I thinking of? It has great piano. Yeah, here we go. It's just... not too early, it's not too late, it's just the right time. That's it. That's it. Yep. Had to search my archives. Let's keep talking about it while that plays, because now we know it's not too early, it's not too late. It's just the right time. So pre-kindergarten students mm-hmm. and students with disabilities continue daily in-person learning mm-hmm. from March 15th to March 28th. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned to you that full remote academy is still offered. You have to stay in it if you're already in it. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're stuck. You're stuck with a decision you made over eight months ago. It's not the right time for them, right? It's not too early or not too late for them. It's just not the right time. Did anyone else say anything about this besides the chair? Is that all that she said? Put on, what else did she say after it's not too early, it's not too late, it's just the right time? Okay, um... I can't play both at once, so I'm going to have no, to... No, uh, we got TJ here. Okay, TJ well, uh, TJ, TJ can bring some uh, some Van Halen. Uh, I'll, uh, this is uh, Superintendent TJ Ernest Winston. TJ has no freaking idea. He can't do it. <laughs> Thank you very He's much, so Madam good. Chair. I recognize uh, we have... Uh, been meeting quite a while this evening, so I will keep my report brief. Oh, thank you. Uh, there are several board members who alluded to this, so I will go ahead and address it now uh, as it relates to our plans for next year. Uh, that planning is underway. It has been underway for some time. And those plans are to open schools in the fall uh, as close Sorry. to normal as is possible. That good. means unless conditions change <laughs> fundamentally uh, from what we expect to see next fall, our buildings um, 
uh, will be open for in-person learning five mm. days a week for all programs and grade levels. Mm. Uh, we know that many families have delayed their decisions about starting uh, their students um, to school or enrolling for next school year. And so um, I just want to acknowledge <laughs> um, what our plans are for next school year. Let me back up for a moment. Okay. Uh, because we still have uh, this school year to deal with. Yeah, and I want that would to help. acknowledge uh, and share with our families um, and our school-based staff that our district communications are planned to notify families of the changes uh, that were uh, what's he saying, Bo? To go by the board um, as it relates to he's talking about when families will be notified of the changes. Our district communication messages, plans uh, will be, will be communicated in the morning uh, to our families via Connect Five uh, voicemail uh, message system, and a reminder will be sent on Sunday, uh, March the 14th. Got all that? You got to go to Davidson College to understand this stuff. <laughs> well, when we come Thank back, God he got a pay raise because he's he's more even more intellectual since he's gotten more money. He got a big pay raise. Good for him. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT. You know, uh, you've heard me, a lot of our listeners, and Bo, you've heard me talk about uh, my first cousin's son, who's a Navy SEAL 6 guy, and I've seen firsthand the sacrifice his three children have had to make while he's in Afghanistan or Iraq or throughout the world in places I don't even know about. And those children have made a tremendous sacrifice. Well, there's a group of people now led by Rick Ray, an old friend of ours right here at WBT building, when he used to be work in this building, and uh, started Raycom Sports many years ago. And uh, he's working now hard to help the kids of Navy SEALs with their academics while their uh, father or mother uh, is overseas. Uh, Rick, great to have you on the, on the show. Great talking to you again. Thanks. It's great to be there. And I want you to introduce uh, our other guest on the show. Yes. Uh, yeah, Gretchen McIntosh is the executive director of SEAL, SEAL Team Kids um, uh, and um, has done a wonderful job for uh, with the charity for over, well, this is their 10th year of trying to raise money for uh, helping supplement the education for these kids that are that are there supporting dads who are on away missions and 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 you know they feel left behind in a, in a lot of ways and and there are a lot of educational problems that develop because of that uh, and um, we're just trying to help them out and then in turn help the seals who are out in the field or in training uh, nine or ten months out of every year uh, to make them feel comfortable with the sacrifices they're making for all of us. Um, so, uh, Gretchen is on board. Gretchen, are you there? Hey, Gretchen, you there? Yes, thank you. Uh, Gretchen, great to have you on. Listen, I know firsthand with my uh, cousin's son, who I had over at the mansion uh, when I was governor, and, you know, I saw the sacrifice that he's making. Often the, the mother and the children don't even know where their dad is or how long they'll be away. Yes. 
So tell me more about how you're going to help them seal kids and what we can do in the Charlotte radio market to help them. I think you're going to try to have an event to help them down the road. Yes, thank you so much. And and as you said so beautifully, you know, these families serve every day for us, right? They they do this willingly. And so out of gratitude, uh, SEAL Kids provides academic intervention services. And we are a national nonprofit, and we serve over 300 children a year, and we're celebrating our 10th anniversary this year of helping children in the Navy SEAL community. We've served over 920 children, and we've given away more than $5 million in funds to pay for grants to help these kids succeed at school. And so on September 23rd at the Duke Mansion, uh, we're having an event. September 23rd at the Duke Mansion. Is that going to be in the evening? Yes, sir. It'll start at 6 p.m. with a reception, and we'll have a small program and a fabulous dinner at that beautiful venue. And we hope uh, Charlotte listeners can join us. Seal Kids at the Duke Mansion, a fundraiser for Seal Kids to help children of Navy SEALs. And again, I've, I've seen firsthand the sacrifice that they've made. I took some of the kids, by the way, to a Panther football game one year, a week before a week before their dad was deployed. And the dad was just, you know, called me up and said, hey, Uncle Pat, I'm about to be deployed again for the ninth time. Mm-hmm. I I I got to spend some time with my kids because, frankly, I don't know if I'm coming home. That is that is the reality that that uh, hits home for so many of our families, right? The child doesn't know uh, when dad is coming home, and that's such a, a large burden that increases anxiety. And you know, these kids are just like everyone else's kids, right? Mm. Uh, they're, they're ordinary children living in extraordinary circumstances. And some of them have learning challenges that need special help. Uh, we know nationally about 14% of all children K-12 have a diagnosed learning disability, and about one out of every five children has a developmental delay. And so SEAL Kids steps in to help with these challenges, to remove one stressor out of the home, you know, where there's already an overflowing cup of challenge, right? Because dad's gone doing great things to protect our way of life in this country, and mom is at home uh, doing the best she can, too. So we're trying to help everybody stay on mission. Rick, how did you get involved with this? I mean, you're First of all, you're one of the most innovative people I've ever met in my life who came up with the idea of Raycom Sports. Actually, televising ACC basketball, non-conference ACC basketball games. And if I recall, you were the one who came up with a great Alaska shootout. Yeah, I'll never yeah. forget that story. I've told that story on the air before. So uh, tell me, what connected you to SEAL Kids? Well, we had, we had a friend um, in Charleston uh, that we'd been in business with, and he invited us to a dinner for SEAL Kids. And... Um, we sat next to Admiral Scott Moore. Uh, I, I couldn't hear Gretchen uh, talking, so I, I may be repeating myself. Uh, but Scott Moore was the commander uh, who uh, was in charge of the operation to free Captain Phillips. Mm. That they made the big movie. Yeah, the Tom Hanks movie. Um, yeah, the Tom Hanks movie, and um, and he is and for the dinner that we're having September twenty third. Um, 
Scott will be there. Wow. Um, and and we are here. You know, we've been to a lot of lot of charity events over the years and tried to support as many charities as we possibly could. Uh, it's, and it's unique for us to step forward and say, like, this is one that that uh, we can't miss on. We need to be involved with it. Um, but uh, for for an event, we don't want it to be boring. We want it to be fun and interesting because people are giving money and should enjoy the 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 gift themselves of giving away money to to a worthy cause. So we're making it a spy dinner. Uh, when, when guests arrive, they'll be checked in, given a password. Um, the music at the Duke Mansion, where we used to live, will be all of the James Bond thriller kind of music. Oh, now you're uh, talking. We'll, we'll have a cocktail party, and 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 we'll all speak in British accents, you know, because all spies are British. <laughs> I knew you would come up with something like this. <laughs> and so... Then the the guests will be ushered into the command center where they will have a seat, uh, a very limited number of people, about 100, and and we will uh, interview uh, two Navy SEALs. One is uh, is, uh, Scott, who uh, is now a retired admiral, uh, but he led the SEAL team mission. To, to free Captain Phillips, wow. and I picture, and we we actually have uh, gotten from Sony donated uh, a compilation of the actual battle scene that occurred when they went to free Phillips. Wow. Uh, and uh, Sony put it all together for us. Rick Ray, kind of cool. Yeah. Rick Ray, I know we've got to go to a break, but I, I just want to thank yeah. you and Gretchen, and and uh, what a great oh. idea, Duke Mansion, September twenty third. And I suppose you can pull this up on the Internet to find out more about it if people are interested, right, right Gretchen? Right. At sealkids.org. Sealkids.com. Sealkids.com. Gretchen, Rick, thanks so much. What a great idea. It's going to be a fun night. Bond, James Bond. Ray, Rick Ray. (laughs) Sealkids.org for more information. The Big Finish. Still ahead of us. 704-374-3800. Give me some feedback on uh, what's happening with our schools. (sighs) Man, I I need to hear. This is the Pat McCrory Show with Bo Thompson on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Well, it's been an action-packed show today, Governor, but we always make room for the big finish. Big finish, by the way, just breaking news. 11 o'clock today, Governor Roy Cooper, Senator Phil Berger, Speaker Tim Moore, and State Superintendent Catherine Tewart doing a press conference. It looks like they finally came up with an agreement after all the vetoes by Roy Cooper to uh, a plan to reopen schools from a state level. All so right. that's good news, I hope. So a, a joint news conference joint coming up at 11, 11 uh, we'll, o'clock. We'll be on top of that for you, of course, here on News Talk 1110 WBT. Stay with the station throughout the day. Yes, hey, listen I to just, our show. Yes, I just turned 60, and I got my shot Saturday. A lot of people don't know that if you volunteer, you can get a shot no matter what age you are. Also, if you are a caretaker, you can get a shot no matter what age you are. 
Good comment. Hello, Pat and Bo. This is Todd from Gaston County. Um, I think you're right, Pat. The ACC tournament has definitely lost its luster. We should take, like, the day off work on Friday, do a big cookout, watch games all day, and really enjoy the weekend. Now, not so much. You guys have a good day. Love your show. Did you hear that part? Pat's right. I just want to make sure you got that, Bo. Yeah, I. Uh, that's the only thing I heard, actually. Okay. Just want to make hey, sure. Pat, I just wondered, those 3,500 people that are going to get released from uh, the prison there, the so-called non-violent, uh, now, are they still going to get their $1,400? Uh, is the prison going to keep it, or are they going to forward it to them, or... Or send it back to the, to the federal government there. I, I was just kind of wondering, you know, because that $1,400 to go a long way for the, to buy their nonviolent stuff that they get out on the streets and stuff like that. So, all right, just wondering, curious. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, we're releasing uh, 1,500 or uh, 3,500 prisoners in North Carolina, and they'll also get a stimulus check. Not a bad gig. wonder what their victims are getting. Good morning, Governor. I am a 71-year-old retired teacher. I am tired of being dumped on by the Democrats and the elites. I have worked hard all my life. I am now a widow on a fixed income, and I have always followed the laws. But I am, be- I am tired of being told what I need to do and how I should live. I have written to the president. I have written to Dan Bishop. I have written to Tom Tillis. I'm not writing to Senator Burr because I think it's a waste of time. But all I get back is a form email saying we take everything you say seriously and we'll get back to you. What can I do as, as a citizen of Mecklenburg County, as a citizen of the state of North Carolina, and as a citizen of the United States to further the agenda of common sense? I would appreciate anything you could say to me because I am fed up and I am ready myself to pick and choose which laws I am going to follow, just as our sheriff and our governor have done. Thank you. I think you all go to the public hearings via Zoom now by the school board, the city council, county commission. Uh, They're not hearing from people who disagree with them. They all agree with each other. They live in a vacuum right now. I've been there. I know it. Good morning, gentlemen. Mr. McCrory, Governor, yeah, yeah. I just wanted you to confirm something for me this all a.m. Right, all right, all right. Roy Cooper's lame duck? You can only be governor of North Carolina for two terms? Can you please confirm this and uh, just just let me know that I have the right information? Thank you, sir. You can only be governor for two consecutive terms. Jim Hunt was governor two consecutive terms two different times. Jim Martin was between them. Hey guys, what's going on? Good show today. Hey, listen, I just wanted to make a comment. I saw old President Biden, I think it was two days ago, I think he was at a mall in uh, Washington, D.C. And he had them eyes so glazed over. Not the first time I've ever seen it, but it was worse than ever. He didn't know where he was as a man in the moon, man. I mean, I am telling you right now, that man didn't know where he was. He was standing there, and he just had that look. And, uh, Anywho, have a good one. Hey, Pat, this is Aaron. Hey, I'm worried for our children. They need to open up these schools so our children can learn. My first grader 
luckily is being homeschooled, so she is actually reading at the right level. This is just insane. It, it, it's insane, and hopefully at 11 o'clock they have finally woken up. They should have done it six months ago. Hey, thanks to our guests today, U.S. Senator Tom Tillis, Congressman Richard Hudson, and uh, Rick Ray and Gretchen McIntosh. We'll be back tomorrow. The Vince Coakley Show is next on WBT.